When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in That Podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. That is David Neal and Panthers gear from head to toe because he was right. I was wrong. I counted out the Panthers. I thought they were done. I thought they were doomed, but they came back and he took care of business in Boston. They're going on to the next round. But that's for that's for that's for another day. Uh, welcome back to the Dolphins in that. Uh, uh, there's another team in the playoffs still. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. Uh, it's yeah, not old takes exposed. Yeah, the Panthers as well. Eleven nothing last night. Panthers as well. We got all we got all the sports. Yeah, old, old takes exposed. You know, it's you know you win some, you lose some. I lost that one, but regardless, uh, okay, another <laughs> which. which- <laughs> Pretty much sets us up for talking about the NFL draft, the an- the annual pick and pray hypothesis and hope, you know, exactly. where, you know, where the guys who are supposed who are paid a lot of money to know something, kind of know something, right? Yeah, good, but mostly wrong. Forty five percent of the time, segue. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. perfect and, segue. Before we start, uh, you know, make sure to subscribe to my mirror YouTube page, like, share, comment. Um, as well, subscribe to the Miami Herald. So as David alluded to, a uh, very fun weekend, uh, you know, even leading up to, I was going to say, yeah, draft Friday, uh, draft Saturday, uh, you had the heat, take care of business on Sunday, getting ready to tip things off soon, um, as well as the Florida Panthers. But we're going to focus on the Dolphins here on the Dolphins and that podcast. Uh, the Dolphins, as we said last week, four picks. Uh, no first rounders, uh, but they were busy on Friday and Saturday. They come away with a four player class, no trades up, no trades down. Uh, they just stay at their selections, make four picks, uh, and they've got their four player, player class. And it was a very interesting week weekend, I should say, um, because I think that uh, the Dolphins entered uh, the week, the the draft with um, you know clear needs in the eyes of a lot of fans, a lot the eyes of a lot of outsiders, um, and they came away with players at both positions, but it maybe wasn't in the spot that people expected so again four player class uh second round pick their top selection number 51 overall uh they select south carolina cornerback cam smith yes a defensive back a cornerback to be exact um they flip over to the third round uh they get texas a&m running back uh, devon a chain fastest running back in the draft perfect weapon for mike mcdaniel's offense but everyone's like where are the tight ends we're the offensive lineman. <laughs> That's all everyone had on their mind. So the reaction in real time uh, to the Dolphins' top two selections was very, very interesting. Obviously, the Dolphins round that uh, round that four-player class out uh, in the sixth round with Stanford wide receiver Elijah Higgins. But the catch is the plan is to play him at tight end in the NFL. So kind of another college wide receiver to NFL tight end plan. They're doing that with Tanner Connor. Now they're doing that with Elijah Higgins. And then they round out their four-player class uh, with Michigan tackle Ryan Hayes, seventh rounder, kind of developmental prospect, but he's experienced at left tackle, uh, 30 starts, two-time All-Big Ten selection. So uh, the Dolphins have their four-player class. They've 
uh, reportedly agreed to deals with about two dozen rookies that they're going to bring to mini camp, going to bring them into OTA's training camp. And, you know, as they fill out their 90 man roster and they move on, uh, but we're going to really break down that four player class. It was interesting for me. And again, in real time to see the reaction, um, because if you, you know, if you were watching the draft, uh, Friday, you know, obviously, you know, only one tight end went off the board in the first round. So that was great news for the Dolphins. I mean, I, I said that I was like a per- perfect case, best case scenario. Um, and as you go to round two, you know, hopefully you get some quarterbacks taken, some wide receivers taken, some positions that aren't positions that need for the Dolphins. Um, but I believe the second pick or so was uh, uh, Michael Mayer and uh, or Sam Laporte, I believe. Um, and then, you know, and then there's a trade up and, you know, a team, I think the Raiders got uh, Michael Mayer and then, you know, all the guys that, we're on the Dolphins fans wish list. They're just off the board, off the board, off the board. And I was kind of laughing at myself as I'm watching it. I'm like, they're not taking a tight end with that first pick. <laughs> like they're not taking a tight, tight end. It seemed like about five tight ends or so were off the board. And there was one that we talked about that a lot of Dolphins fans had talked about uh, Georgia tight end, Darnell Washington. And he was there at 51, uh, but the Dolphins didn't take him. Um, it later came out that there were maybe some concerns about um, some knee issues and whatnot, but there still was some other guys that the Dolphins left on the board, on tight end and offensive line. Um, you know, my first reaction at corner was, all right, well, this must be their best player on the board, um, you know, for them to, you know, bypass tight end and offensive line, which are by far greater needs. Um, but the more I thought about it, I kind of slept on it after Friday night. And you listen to um, Chris Greer talk about um, him being talented and him being a fit for their uh, their defense and what they want to do with Vic Vangio, the new defensive coordinator. And I'm thinking, I mean, this was a defense that, you know, by midseason last year, they were down cornerback two, Byron Jones, cornerback three, Nick Needham, I believe cornerback five, Trey Williams, um, you know, Peter Kohu, who was starting, was out, uh, you know, by midseason, he, he missed the game. Um, and you had, you know, essentially like special teamers playing significant snaps. I know they got Jalen Ramsey, um, but you know, if that was, I, I say like, I, I, you know, we talk about draft grades and we were kind of joking about it before. Like, I'm not a fan of draft grades. I'm not a fan of saying, oh, this guy was a great pick or this team hit out the park. Cause frankly, we're not going to know for another four or five years. Yeah. Um, but I can, res- I, I tweeted it in a thread, you know, uh, Saturday morning, like I can respect the process. So if the Dolphins said that was the best player on their board, so be it. Um, I'm fine with them taking the their highest ranked remaining cornerback on the board, then you know maybe reaching for um a tight end who was significant slots or an offensive lineman who's significant notches down um where they had and you know Chris Greer said we're trying to take the best player available we don't want to reach for need because then you get into trouble um so you you know it's it's a in a vacuum it's maybe not the greatest pick you know a lot of people are saying is he going to play for us in year one um I don't know I think there's a pathway to do that. Um, but in a vacuum, maybe not the greatest pick, but in the grand scheme of, you know, building up depth, you know, building up talent. Like, I think it was a, you know, a solid pick. Well, if he, I mean, I think cornerbacks, there, there are certain positions in each sport that you just can't have too many of. Um, yep. Now, now there were, if, and if trading was more common, uh, players was more common in the NFL, you know, corner would just be, would be, you know, even more in that, uh, in that lit on that short list that was separated from, you know, the players you can't have too many of. Um, and I'm not sure you can have too many good corners. 
you uh, and you know, teams are coming out there, you know, they'll line up three, four wide or, you know, you got, you get the two wides, you got somebody, at least one player in the slot. So, you know, okay. Uh, you will get, you know, okay, let's have three corners and, you know, three guys who can, three guys with ball skills would be pretty, uh, pretty nice. I'm sure for any defensive coordinator. And, so, you know, yeah. Yeah, I, one thing that, that Mike McDaniel noted, because, um, you know, the quest, the drafting of Cam Smith um, actually brought forth the question in the, I think it was a Saturday night, was like, is Jalen Ramsey going to play safety? Because there was a lot of people that were kind of speculating maybe he could do that as he's getting older. And they said, no, nah. I mean, even Jalen Ramsey himself kind of teased it on social media. But, you know, Mike McDaniel said, and along with saying that they view him, view him as a top-notch corner, they said, you know, Vic Bangio mentioned how, like, you know, most teams like their base defense personnel is three cornerbacks on the field anyway. Like the Dolphins yeah. didn't do that a lot last year, but for the most part, teams are playing 50, 60% of their snaps in nickel personnel. Um, right. So it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that if Cam Smith, you know, is, uh, quits himself well in you know, the defense, he could he could see significant snaps as a rookie. I mean, they can eat him as coming off an Achilles injury. Trill Williams coming off an injury. Obviously, you have Cater Kohu. But outside of that, I mean, it's Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, and Kater Kohu. I mean, if he beats Kater Kohu out, he's playing, you know, virtually every 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 down. Um, and you know, and there are options because you have so many cornerbacks and that can play different spots to do some creative things. Um, so obviously, in, in a vacuum, it's like, all right, I, I think I think the thing about maybe some fans is like they saw that number fifty one overall pick, and we talked about how like all right, it's, it's pretty much a top fifty pick. Um, the way the draft boards and people fall down and people reach like. The, the the notion was like, all right, you're going to get a, you know, a, a top, not maybe not like a first round player, but a legitimate top notch player that's going to contribute to the team in 2023 as they try to pursue a championship. So when you see cornerback, you're like, oh, you got two, three cornerbacks that are, you know, starting caliber right now. What good is that going to do for, do for you? We you know, kind of maybe forget what happened last year. So obviously, um, I don't think he's penciled into a spot, but I don't really think that anybody would have been that they drafted at 15 would have been penciled into a spot. Um, so we'll see what goes there. You know, if I, I think that, you know, going down the draft, uh, Devon A. Chain, like that pick, um, you know, he also enters a crowded running back room. I think that there's a lot of potential there, um, you know, because, you know, Raheem Moser said it when we spoke to him uh, earlier today. You no, know, you can't teach speed. And that guy has, you know, 4-3-2-40. I know he's a little bit undersized, um, but you would think that Mike McDaniel can find some creative ways uh, to use him. I mean, he, you know, he, he, I think he was the only S, uh, power five player to score on a you know, rush, a catch, and on special teams on a return. Um, so, you know, he's undersized. He's not going to be that bell cow guy. I mean, I didn't expect, I don't expect him to be a guy that carries the ball 20 to 25 times. But when you talk about the creative ways uh, to use him on offense and the ways that maybe Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle can open things, up, open things up for him and vice versa, um, I think it was a really solid pick in the third round. You know, it was the highest third round, it was the highest pick that he's on a running back, um, you know, since 2016 with Kenyon Drake. Um, what would you think there? Uh, I don't know. That was a, a tough one. <laughs> That was a tough one. I mean, yeah, yeah, you could get a Darren Sproles kind of player with with him, a guy who can, you know, as you said, can do you know the multi, you know, do the multitask, multi, you know, multiple position, um, and give you know give you something dynamic in the return game where you don't have to use like Tyreek Hill on um, punt return or if you know when you're getting that late in the game, you 
you know, maybe you have an itch. Okay. We really need a good pump return here. You know, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to go, go for Tyreek. Um, and maybe this guy can, maybe the chain can, you know, put some electricity into your return game and, you know, uh, yeah, you can't teach speed, but uh, there's a lot. There's been a lot of fastbacks. <laughs> yeah, no, but the no, but the thing about him, the thing about him is, you know, I, I, there was a quote where it was like, he is not a, you know, he, he's a, I mean, he's 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 run track, he's a, he ran track at Texas A&M, but the quote on him is he's not a track player playing football, no, he's a football no. player that you know can run track can as well, run, run fast, right? Yeah. And you know, uh, like again, there's been a lot of fast football players who you know, and it's just uh, at the running back position, at the running back position, I you you love speed in any position, but uh, I don't know that that seemed to me to be a, a as a third round pick to say, hey, can you can we really address something that address try to address a hole? With somebody who, you know, okay, maybe they're flawed, but they can, there's a flaw there, but, you know, you can develop them into, you know, filling that hole, filling that role. Um, you know, somebody who slipped down a little bit that you liked. Um, but again, you know, but, but again, you know, I, again, I, I don't, I'm not in their draft room, I'm not in their war room. You know, if that was their talk, obviously, I'm going to say this is a guy that McDaniel, really really wanted you know mcdaniel like that was clear talking to him friday night um and you know mcdaniel said he was even worried that a chain was not even was not going to be available at 84 and he kind of wanted to trade up and greer was like relax relax it's just a process and he dropped to them so again if that was that it was clear that was that was a mike mcdaniel pick obviously he said all of them wanted him but that was a real mike, mike mcdaniel pick but again i don't know the process but if that was their top guy you know and, and one thing that i also want to point out is that chris greer is his pointed out the fact that, um, you know, these picks, there are short-term investments in terms of maybe what they can do in a year or two, but there's, they're also, but they're actual, actually long-term investments. I mean, um, with the cornerback, Xavier Howard, you know, he didn't have this uh, season up to his standard. Uh, you know, they're, they're hoping that he can play up to a standard, um, but there's ways by which they can get out of the contract after 2023. Um, there's ways by which they can get out the contract of Jalen Ramsey in 2024. I mean, they've got yeah, yeah. Needham coming off a significant Achilles injury. We saw what happened with Byron Jones. I don't think that we should assume anything with Nick Needham's recovery, even though we hope that you know he comes back to his pre-injury form. At running back, you got a bunch of guys who are essentially all four of the guys that they signed. They're either on one-year re-signed. They're either on one-year contracts or they're on two-year contracts that you can get out of after one year. So as much as it, you might look at it in the terms of, all right, what are you going to do for me in 2023? Uh, the Dolphins also have to look at it as like, what are you going to be able to do for me in right. 2024? Um, so again, I, 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 you know, I think that also maybe part of it is that all of us had talked about those two positions tight in an offensive line so much that that was all was on people's minds that uh, they got to get that with their two, two picks. Um, you know, there was a there was a run on tight ends and offensive linemen on day two. And I know there were some yeah. guys left, but we, and we mentioned this last week, like we talk about all these guys that they could pick, but we don't even know behind closed doors what they really thought about them. So obviously right. you don't you don't address um you don't address your top two needs with the with the top two picks. Um but the roster to me, in my eyes, is in really good shape. We're gonna talk about this, you know, after the break. 
Um, but the roster is in really, really good shape. The one thing I will say, you know, if you talk about the picks, which I understand people's kind of frustration is, all right, if you're going to get it, if you're searching for a tight end, you know, why are you drafting a wide receiver, you know, to try to make him a tight end? And I know that that's something that McDaniel has done in the past. Uh, they're trying to do it with Tanner Connor, um, you know, didn't pan out so great in year one. Um, you know, they, they talk about with Elijah Higgins, you know, him having the profile to to do it. You know, he's done a lot of kind of some of that slot, you know, tight end type of work. I mean, they say, yeah, it's the body for it. That's the one thing I'll, I'll say, like, I'll, I'll concede, you know, if you're going to get a tight end, why don't you get like an actual tight end who maybe doesn't have to adjust um, as much, you know, to a natural tight end. Um, and that seems like, I mean, it's a six round pick. So in, in and of itself, it's kind of a shot, shot in the dark. And then yeah. you mentioned that you're, you also factor in that, you know, he's converting to a new position. Um, I'll concede that, you know, if I say that the most questionable pick, maybe that's probably it. Um, Cause you're taking a guy who's never played, you know, the tight end position in the NFL and, you know, the transition to the NFL is hard in and of itself. And now you're at, that's when the playing position, I will concede that. Um, you know, I think that it is an interesting kind of experiment because when you kind of convert all of his measurables and his speed and agility and kind of put him in, you know, compare him to tight ends, he's one of the most athletic tight ends in the draft class. Um, I'm just not sure right now and remains to be seen whether that's actually going to translate to the next level. Yeah, that, but, and look, you're not in the second and third round, you can be addressing a need that you have on your team in the sixth and seventh round. You just, you're, you're, you're just, you're, yeah. you're trying, to get, you're trying to get somebody. You're trying to get somebody who's going to make your roster. You know, that that's it. Uh, you're trying to get somebody who's going to make your roster. And if they can, you know, fill a role for you that you need, you know, all the better. Um, but y- you know, it just, it's 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 by that point you're they people really are kind of you know they have their lists and they have everybody graded and everything and um but even at that they're still throwing darts and it's just by and by the sixth and seventh round they're throwing darts blindfolded and um so i don't know if it matters if they took uh an action uh tight end by trade there there was one, I believe I'm blanking on the player that was available, but there was one tight end that was kind of a notable name in terms of, you know, potential Dolphins fits that was available. And I think the Dolphins passed on him as well. Um, yeah. But, you know, when you're when you're in the sixth round, it's like the hit yeah. rate is very low yeah. compared to the average. So And, yeah, it's incredibly low. And if, you know, if you try to convert this guy to tight end, it doesn't work. Um Okay. I'm not going to say it's a wasted pick because, I mean, it's a six-round pick. You know, I'm not going to – Six-round, right. I'm not right. going to knock them for that. And, and who, who knows? Okay, let's say – again, this is one of those who knows. It's a six-round pick. Okay, the guy, let's say let's say he doesn't work out converting a tight end. You know, does he have value as a wide receiver? Or does, I think he, that have, I think, does he have value on special teams? Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, I mean, I, I know somebody said like I, I'm not sure if he can make the team. I mean, I, I think that if, if he can play special teams, they'll find a way. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of talent on the roster, but I mean, they, they drafted these guys for a reason. Um, you know, I think that if he, I mean, I, that's what I see for him as first, at first, you know, playing special teams, trying to learn the nuances of the position. I'm not saying he's gonna be a starter as a rookie. I'm not saying he's gonna yeah. play a bunch of snaps. Um, 
sixth round, seventh round, these are developmental prospects for the most part. Um, you know, there's there's a reason why they're available that late, but there is something appealing. And obviously they saw something in him, um, but now he's going to be making that switch um, to tight end. So we'll he- see how that goes. I mean, again, sixth round pick, I'm not, you know, having, holding high expectations and expecting a whole bunch in year one or even year two. Um, but, you know, they obviously saw something in him there. So we'll see. How that goes. And then obviously, you know, rounding it out with Ryan Hayes, again, seventh round pick, um, you know, didn't play offensive line uh, before. I'm still coming to Michigan, but he, you know, like I said before, um, worked his way to being a standout, all Big Ten selection. But again, developmental prospect. I even wrote about it when I kind of broke down different roles for these guys. I think it's in the Dolphins' best interest if he's a developmental prospect, um, you know, working on the, you know, working with the reserves, developing, working on his game. Um, as the Dolphins kind of look for some veteran options as they uh, have been, looks like they've been doing. All right, uh, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back on the other side of things, uh, we're going to take a look around the AFC East. You know, David Neal, he uh, broke down uh, each team in the NFL with some capsules. So he's the um, perfect man to break down uh, all the other Dolphins division rivals class. Uh, we're going to talk about that as well as what is next for the Dolphins. And we got rookie minicamp coming up, OTAs. And before you know it, we're going to be at training camp. But, uh, you know, we're going to break down the roster and give our uh, thoughts on that. So stay locked with us. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphin the Dev podcast with Dave and Neil talking all things Dolphins. Now, in the first half... Uh, we broke down the Dolphins 2023 draft class pick by pick. Um, we're gonna take a it's funny. What they didn't take long, it was like four picks. I mean, we <laughs> broke it down by, pick by pick, pick by pick, by pick, four picks. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. we're gonna take a step back though, um, and look at the AFC or well, AFC East. Uh, I know David did capsules for each team after the draft. So like I said, he's the perfect guy to kind of break down. I, I want to know what stood out to you as you kind of looked at what the Dolphins division rivals did. Uh, anything stick out to you? I know obviously the Dolphins set out the first round while their uh, counterparts um, had some picks. Anything stick out to you on day one, day two, anything anything like that? Um, well, the, the Patriots, uh, who I, I think – the, the consensus has to be if, if Aaron Rodgers is anything close to being Aaron Rodgers, yeah. that the Patriots are now the number four team in the division. And, um, but they're not a team that's, you know, they don't have that mentality. So they spent their first one, two, three uh, picks on defense and um, were at each level. They had a to the corner. A pass rusher, linebacker, um, you know, Bill Belichick, his, you know, his background is defense. And yeah. he, he's living in a division with, you know, he's got Aaron Rodgers in New York. He's got he's got Josh Allen in Buffalo and that offense. Uh, he's got the Dolphins offense, which is as explosive and dynamic as any in the league when everybody's healthy. That's six games uh, to deal with. So. Um, that 
obviously, and I don't, I don't think he's under the illusion that his own, the, his own offense is going to win any shootouts with any of those three entities if they get into a shootout. So, um, clearly trying to get be- get better on D, you know, to you know slow down division rivals, you know, get out of. The, at least get in the try to get in the mix and try to get into the mix with you know while Mac Jones does whatever he or or either plays it out or you know drop you know drops a load does whatever um but uh they also took a kicker and a punter they drafted well, they, they took they punter. they drafted the best kicker in in the class, Cole Terps, Chad Ryland. So I don't have a problem. I, with I, that. I don't. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I know you're, you're unbiased. You're unbiased Maryland, Maryland grad. Unbiased Maryland, Maryland. So you're gonna sit there and go, oh yeah, yeah. They still drafted. They still spent a fourth round pick on a kicker. I don't. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I don't mind draft. I don't mind drafting a kicker in the fourth round. Once you get to the fourth round, you. It's it's like fifty fifty if that like I don't mind drafting a kicker if he yeah, uses, well it, he wait a minute second, that, that, the first or second best yeah it's fifty fifty it's even that. worse for kickers no no I mean I, it's even worse for kickers you nah you if you, any, kick there have been great college kickers who came in the NFL and they couldn't kick for damn and there have been you know arguing you know, about a freaking kicker man like. I know, but no, if really. Solid, if he's yeah. solid, if he's solid for ten years, I mean, that's probably better than anything else they would have taken in the first. It, first round. Well, yes, that. if but yeah, but if if any other player he they took is solid for ten years, it's better than the kicker. Kickers win you a lot of games, man. Yeah, I, I, I know. Adam <laughs> they won won a lot of games. I, and I, so did Stephen Gostowski, but you know. um yeah, I, I know you're, you're sitting there defending the guy because he's Maryland, though. Yeah, I probably would have said it was trash if he wasn't from Maryland, but that's besides the point. No, no, I'm not saying he's trash from Maryland. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not drafting a kicker. I'm not drafting, spending two draft picks on a kicker and a punter. Um, I'm not trading around. He's traded up, too. You're the, right. The most fungible up. position in in the in the most, like, you see kickers literally kicking for one team one week, another team another week. That's because they trash. For, one of the first games I saw, no, one of the first games I co- covered, Dolphins games I covered um, after leaving the Panthers beat was, uh, I think it was Elling, who, who the Vikings basically cut the guy, Tennessee picked him up, he kicked for Tennessee that week, but the Vikings like always essentially told him, look, we're, this is just a roster thing, we're bringing you back in like two weeks, <laughs> he brought him back in two weeks. Any position that they can, people can do that with, you know, c- come on. I'm not. I don't think you spend a fourth round pick on. But th- they do their, their own thing. The Patriots do their own thing. Um, you know, a six round pick on a punter. On the other hand, I don't necessarily mind. But a kicker and a punter in a draft where you have a lot of roster holes and you're the fourth best team in your division. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. Um, now, as for uh, those dog ass Jets, um, as Dan Jenkins would say. Uh, you know, they. Uh, well, I was going to say what's interesting early. I was okay. going to say what's interesting in, in about the Jets in the first round because I'm looking at it right now is so when they traded for Rodgers, they had the first round pick swap, so they went from 13 back to 15, and a lot of people were saying doing that may have thrown them out of contention of getting one of the top three linemen. And as I'm looking at it right now, they just missed out on Broderick Jones at. 14 because the Patriots traded back with the Steelers, allowing them to move up. And they took uh who was it? Roger Jones from I think it was Georgia or maybe 
yeah, Georgia, who was the third best, kind of like one of one of the top. He was like the top three, yeah. top three lineman. Obviously, there was Darnell Wright who went, you know, to to the Bears, and then you had uh, Peter Skronsky who went to the Titans. But that trade back, that trade for Aaron Rodgers, more or less, kind of cost them. You know, one of the top three offensive linemen. I know they made some which, some which you know which signings now, but the, second, the next the after the first round, they spent the next two picks on linemen to yeah. you know, try to preserve Aaron for pro- another couple of years. Maybe. Yeah, but obviously, you know, it's different from getting you know some right top it's, three offensive linemen in the draft. You usually again, this is yeah. this is the draft. <laughs> right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> you know. You know, I we we can all remember, you know, offensive linemen who were, oh, they're going to be, you know, the guy. That's their lock. Oh, they're going to be there for ten years, and they were, you know, that you know they were turnstiles by in the in, by year two, um, and uh, but no, they they went, you know, the outside linebacker from Iowa State. That that was an interesting pick. I thought, uh, I, I always find it interesting teams with a good defense draft. Real or really good defense, draft defense, because it's it's uh, it's not. I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea to try to make a de- a good defense very good to great, um, because you know even though it's a you know it's a high flying game these days, you know there's you got to put up you do have to put up points, but you can stop people and you can slow them down. I mean. And get them in the games they're not used to these days. That's got value. That still has value. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, that was. I thought that was interesting out of them. Buffalo, obviously. Uh, they went. They went tight end. It's kind, I, of interesting, I, kind of an interesting pick. I know some people were saying they might go wide receiver there. Yeah. They, they kind of, I mean, they get the. They get probably the best. Best pass catching tight end in the draft, and probably the top, maybe the top tight end in the draft. And so he'll be kind of a big slot receiver, more or less. Which, yeah, that that's so I mean, Dalton that's Kincaid. Gonna yeah, that's going to help. And then they went with a uh, offensive guard. Uh, well, that's one of the. I was going to say that's one of the players the Dolphins passed up at fifty one. Uh, Osiris uh, Torrance from Florida. That was the that was the name that was kind of linked to the Dolphins as a potential pick at fifty one. Right. So that's one of the guys they they passed on. I, th- I thought that was interesting. Um, the Bills' running game, even if you take out Josh Allen, the Bills' running game actually was kind of decent. was was pretty good um, because it, it, I think the impression, or at least I feel like the impression is, their running game is you know you get Devin Singletary every now and then, then, but it's basically Josh Allen either scrambling or running some you know designed uh, you know read option or power quarterback power and. If you take Josh Allen out, it's still it's still really good running game on on yards per carry. Uh, the you know I wonder how Torrance is going to do in pass protection because if you know that's one thing you might want to you know I'm sure teams you know you want to press the pocket with Josh Allen uh, with any quarterback you you want that pressure up the middle just to keep them from being able to step into the throw. And, you know, if they can't step into the throw, that just takes just that little bit off that turns, you know, a 30, 40 yard completion catch and run or, you know, one to the house into an incompletion, an interception, um, or you're making the wide receiver do something, do something really impressive to get to make the catch. Uh, You know, they went 
they went linebacker after that. They, you know, down the draft, fifth round pick. They, yeah, they took the wide receiver from Florida, but, you know, fifth round and on, you do what you do. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I say, every, it, the whole thing is such a hypothesize and hope that from the fifth round on, whatever you do, okay, fine, whatever. Um, yeah. it, you know, there's no, there's no use us kind of breaking that down. Uh, but I, I didn't find their draft. I, I didn't find it really affecting either way. It was kind of like, okay, that's that's what they yeah. did. I still, I still think they're the, you know, I still think they're the best team in the division. But, you know. Yeah, I don't think there was, I was going to say, I don't think there was anybody. I mean, I think the Patriots had the most picks out of. Oh, yeah. yeah they, and he, and I, but, but I don't. I don't think it was like the high end draft capital that I could say like really moves the needle. Um, I, I don't even like saying that like really declaring like big needle. Like I don't like kind of adjusting kind of where I had teams based off the draft unless it's like something really crazy. But um, because you, know, you, you just you just you just don't, don't know. I mean, you, you can do that. You can do that with free agent signings because you have a record. You have like a right. you have past production. You can kind of look at fit. Um, but you just can't do that as much with you know when you find have, out when you have no track record. And you have, and also you have, you know, the memory, if you have the memory of uh, just, you know, Jamarcus Russell, that, that's, that's a cheap one. It's, it's cheap and easy, but, you know, or, or Brady Quinn, I mean, same draft, you know, everybody went, I remember people going down here went crazy when the Dolphins skipped over Brady Quinn and took Ted Ginn. And yeah, okay. It, at the time, it seemed like, what the heck are they doing? And, you know, and then, you know, enhanced by the uh, by the press conference, the Cam Cameron press conference, you know, afterwards talking about Ted Ginn and his family. And, you know, we've got to turn that thumb this way. And But at the end, you know, look what happened. Ted Ginn played in the league for 15 years. You know, by the time he was done, Brady Quinn had already been on, was already like, you know, uh, on radio shows and you know tv and doing you know doing post-career media for have been doing that for a while you know yeah. uh so you know was it that bad a pick not really and, you know, um I, I, you know we all if you had the memory of how many times we were just you know everybody's been wrong you've been wrong teams have been wrong it's just, yeah, you, you can't sit there and say, oh, this team just got a lot better today. Yeah. Oh, you can see what they tried to do. Yeah, I mean, at the top of the draft, you know, obviously with the with the teams that got, you know, the top the top quarterbacks. And again, we don't even know what they're going to do. But you you would think, you would think, you know, maybe they got better, you know. You, you, Achilles Smith? <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> don't make me say Tim Couch up in here. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, just, uh, you know. Just, there's no way to know, but um, but no, but I mean, though, no, you know, we, there's no way to know. I, I think that you know we're kind of at an interesting spot, you know, with the construction of the roster because we've already we're already kind of two waves into free agent past uh, the start of free agency. Um, you know, you have the draft um has concluded. You know, like I said, uh, rookie mini camps are this week and the following weekend. So like the roster is really starting to come into shape. Really, I mean, the Dolphins. More or less, now I think they've signed. They're they're signing about twenty um, undrafted rookies. So like more or less, you know, the, the ninety man roster they're going to take into uh, training camp is, is is more or less here. And you know, 
Chris Greer, Mike McDaniel said they're still looking out for moves. I know they're still kind of linked to Dalvin Cook, so maybe that's something to watch out for. Um, they've been looking out for for offensive tackles, and when I look at the roster, I mean that's the kind of like the one spot that I'm really looking at, like the offensive line. Like who do they bring in? Um, you know, as a veteran option on the offensive tackle, you know, we talk about, um, you know, kind of the hit, like hits and misses in the draft, you know, the team, um, you know, source confirmed that they're not picking up the fifth year option for uh, Austin Jackson, the right tackle, as well as cornerback Noah Igbenogany. Um, You know, you look back at that 2020 draft class, you know, they have three first round picks. You take two at five, you take uh, Austin at 18 and Noah at 30. Um, and now you have two guys, who, you know, could be free agents departing the team um, after this season. But Chris Greer said that um, specifically with Austin Jackson, still the expectation that he's going to be the right tackle, you know, but um, they have been looking for veteran options. They brought in Cameron Fleming, who was with the Denver Broncos previously. Um, and that's the one spot where I'm like, you, you got to find, you got to find somebody. Um, I, I don't, when they say the expectation is, you know, I, I think that's kind of coach speak. That's kind of, you know, that, uh, that, that isn't, that to me, that doesn't feel like a outright, uh, you know, kind of backing. You know, when you say the expectation is, you know, that, you can say the expectation is something, and then you bring in somebody else. Like I, I'm curious who they bring in because I, I feel like they have to bring somebody in at offensive tackle. And if they do bring somebody in at offensive tackle, is that person going to be legit competition, or is it going to be just somebody that's here to you know be a backup and be depth? Because I feel like the past year. Um, they had opportunities to add legitimate competition for Liam Eikenberg at left guard and Austin Jackson at right tackle. And I don't know if they ever did that. Um, so for Chris Greer to say the expectation is that um, Austin Jackson is going to be the right tackle, I found that kind of interesting, especially when they've clearly been looking for better options. I mean, he confirmed that well, they reached out to Taylor Luan. So they're, they're bringing somebody in. So I'm curious when they yeah. bring that person in, what is that role? The, the, you know, the, the expectation uh, to me always means – That kind of means, yeah, we we would like to replace him, but we probably won't be able to. I mean, they got. I mean, I, like I said, we, we talked about it a lot. I mean, this is the this is this is the last year. I mean, he's 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 not under contract after this. They gotta they gotta figure something out. They gotta figure if there's something there. Um, obviously, he dealt with a lot of injuries. He only played in two games and really played more or less one game um, when you combine all the snaps. But they got. I mean, when you invest the top twenty pick. And offensive tackle, you got. I mean, they're they're riding it to the wheels, you know, fall off, and there's nothing there. Like they're they're gonna they're gonna figure. I mean, this is the year they got to figure out if they got something there. So I understand it, but um, you know, given the aspirations of this team, it's not like they're rebuilding. You know, the first couple of years, all right, but it's like you know, you can't have. Austin be or you know different players be kind of the wink links on that unit when there are other guys who can get the job done and 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 prove it uh, to be an upgrade. Yeah, right. And one of the signs of a good organization in any sport is to recognize and acknowledge your mistakes and move on from them. Well, I think they did that with Noah with bringing in um, Jalen Ramsey, some of the other moves they made. I think yeah. they they see yeah. it there, and Noah himself it looks like he's going to have to compete just to be on the roster. I think more or less the Austin Jackson is going to be on this roster, um, barring something catastrophic. Uh, I think he's going to be on the roster. I can't say the same thing about Noah, but it's just interesting that, you know, they they saw a way to upgrade. I mean, they're they were, I mean, they brought Teron Armstead in, you know, last offseason, but they still just they just moved him from left tackle to right tackle. I'm talking about Austin Jackson. You know, they they, you know, they they they've never really found 
uh, a replacement for him. I don't know if that's because they couldn't find one or because they didn't want to find it. Uh, maybe they didn't want to invest that much money when they, you know, still had him being a recent hot draft pick. Um, but I mean, this is this is the year. I mean, this is the year, and I think yeah. that I don't want to say like the season's going to be banked on this, but you know, this time next year, you know, a couple months and you know, several months, we could be either saying Mike McDaniel and Chris Greer, um, they knew something we didn't, and they brought the best out of Austin Jackson, or it could be maybe the stubbornness to not admit your faults, you know, held this team back and, you know, with you not finding an adequate uh, replacement or adequate, um, you know, player that, that could, you know, uh, prove to be an upgrade. I think, I mean, it's a, it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a risk. I'll say that, but they're, you know, when you invest that much, that much capital, that much invest, that much you know, draft capital in a player, you know, you're going to be reluctant sometimes to maybe admit uh, where you went wrong. Sometimes you got to know when to cut cut bait, but they see yeah, it, it it doesn't it at some point you know it doesn't matter how much you know they drafted him in 2020. This is 2023. It doesn't matter where they draft you. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter now. It, it, okay, you spend a first round pick, you spend a second round pick, whatever. It, it, you know, now he's a player who either you feel like can contribute to your team. And makes your team better, or he's a player who doesn't, or in you know, and he, he's a player. He's a player who's not playing to where you wanted that position. If the latter is the case, it just, it just doesn't matter where he's drafted anymore. You know, doesn't matter the first round pick anymore. Okay, you know. I mean, I'll say this: if he was a fifth round pick, they wouldn't. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be the same. I mean, it wouldn't be. I don't think he'd get as much of a leash if he was a fifth round pick. Probably not. Probably not. But that's. But again, you see organizations do that. You see organizations do that where you see like, you see them. They think okay. They took take out a third round, and you know, by you know a couple years later, they're like gone. You know, and you're like, what the heck was it? We wrong. Let's move on. You know, um, the ability to admit your mistakes, move on from them, address the holes that they leave behind. And uh, that is a sign of, of the best organizations. And the best organizations are the ones who get to the top and stay up there year after year after year after year. And it's, you know, it's not just because they have a great quarterback, uh, you know, it's or a great coach, it's the whole thing. And um, you know, the the Dolphins have done a really good job building this roster. Clearly should be considered contenders in the AFC. You know, maybe it's just fine. They get, you know, maybe Austin Jackson will be just fine. And Maybe, maybe, maybe the you know the sack that ends their season in January at some point, and you know the divisional round or something like that will will come off that side, and we'll be like, well, you know, yeah. I mean, certainly, again, it's certainly a risk. Um, you know, 
They've remained very steadfast to kind of their support from went through a lot of injuries. So, um, you know, tough to tough to really say anything about his 2022 season. Um, but he looks like, you know, he's been he's been training this offseason. Um, again, they say that's the expectation that he's going to be the starter. But like I said, they've been looking at some veteran options. So it is it will be interesting to see what they do uh, in a couple of weeks. Obviously, they've got um, kind of the windfall, the thirteen point six million dollars coming from the Byron Jones release. Um, as, as a post-June 1 cut, that comes in about a month. So we'll see what they do. They're going to have a lot of uh, money to make more moves. Um, so, again, still a couple weeks away from uh, OTA's training camp, still a couple months away, but the roster is really starting to take shape after the draft. All right, well, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins of That Podcast. I want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Reminder, as always, like, share, comment, subscribe to Miami Herald uh, YouTube page, as well as the Miami Herald. Herald, yes. Yeah. Um, go Panthers, because... You know, bring, bring us money. <laughs> <laughs> All that good stuff. Go Panthers. Uh, go Heat. Uh, we'll see how they do. I gotta give a go Panthers because you know I, I counted them out, so I'm trying to get on this side now. Um, we'll be back soon to talk some more Dolphins football, but until then, you guys take care. See ya.